Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's the football podcast. But almost more important than that, it's the first podcast of 2022. Happy New Year to you all. And, uh, yeah, we're talking football. So, we're going through uh, the games from X number of weeks ago that we predicted, uh, all the way up to current. Obviously, uh, well, you'll see how that turned out. And we're predicting FA Cup games. So, there we go. If you've got a spare minute, if you could consider subscribing, liking, sharing, commenting, all of those good, good, good things to do, that would be amazing. Anyway, let's get cracking. So here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Now, I'd love to say that this is the first podcast of 2022. And technically it is, because although I've recorded a podcast already in 2022, it won't go out for three weeks. So this will go out before it. So technically there has been one, but this is officially the first podcast of 2022 that will be released on the CookieCast Network. For you audio listeners out there, uh, you won't know who's here. So uh, we'll have to we'll have to get the register out. So I'll hand over to the host with the most, and he can uh, he can reveal the new name of the football podcast, Charlie. Yeah, about that. Yeah, we we still we're we're five we're five months into the season, and we're still as yet untitled football podcast. But welcome along, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's your weekly instalment of all things football. And football nonsense related material. Um, I'm sure we'll come up with a name by the end of the season, uh, and then it'll have to be changed for some unknown reason following the uh, fortunes or misfortunes of one of our three teams and whatnot. So, but yes, I I am here as uh, as, as the host. Uh, a, a date has been put forward for the rebrand of the football podcast as the second of February. Uh, but tune into other. Can we, can we be? Can we be the football football podcast? <laughs> now that is the is the front runner for names for the football podcast. Obviously, I'm <laughs> I'm here. Well, well, off air, off air. You you did refer to this as the round ball podcast. So we could just go with that. We could just go. Round, round ball, egg, egg ball, or lacy ball, or then obviously the rest of the podcast is the no ball podcast. Lacy ball is a very different podcast, Paul. <laughs> the the eagle eared amongst you will hear the dulcet tones of the getting over podcast host, Miss Stuart Woodman, say. Hello. And, uh, the Pursuit of Hoppiness host has also decided to uh, jump in and talk oh. about football. Uh, Mr. Matthew Moore is here as well. And from a points perspective, that's important. Remember that. Um, cast your minds back to uh, last year. Catch your mind back a couple of weeks where we had eight football matches to predict. I'm just going to leave that there. Paul, uh, what, do you, what do you want to get started with? Well, obviously it's a perfect time to go through last week's results. Because obviously, like you said, there was a large number of games that was predicted. Therefore, obviously, there'll be a large number of results to go through, yeah, because there was definitely no postponements in the uh, intervening games that our teams played, yeah. So, we essentially predicted three weeks 
worth of football, in a sense, in a way, three weeks worth of football, eight games. There was a podcast derby, which uh, was one of the only ones to go ahead. Um, I think, let, uh, so uh, yeah, 50%, uh, a little bit more than 50%, and um, a little bit less than 50% of the games went ahead at various points in time. Yes, if you have been living under a football rock, a football-shaped rock, you will not know that 50% of the games were postponed between where we started the predictions and where we are now. There are games coming up this week, but those games are of an FA Cup flavour. Well, let's get stuck in. Um, Hull City versus Blackburn Rovers. All that that time ago. How, how did that one go, Stu? It got PP. PP. Um, you know what? You know what's interesting is uh, when 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 you put PP in all of the boxes for all of the predictions. That's no points for score, no points for goal scorers. So uh, anybody expecting a really high scoring week? I just point out uh, this is not the first time that uh, Stu's been um, kiboshed by a PP at Hull incident. Yeah, true story. So, many moons ago, I uh, may have frequented the uh, club shop from a, from a working standpoint. And the manager was Phil Parkinson when he came in. And uh, they printed all his new gear up and put his uh, initials on his kit. And I chuckled because he had PP on his trousers um, and got told <laughs> off for it. I'm a child, I can't help it. I still find it funny now and it's a lot of years later. Who would, who would have thought that a person, a man would be, you know, annoyed that someone equated his name to piss? <laughs> you might say he was somewhat pissed off. Yes. <laughs> was that telling off through, like, chuckle, like, muted chuckles, like, <laughs> you can't <laughs> say that sort of thing. Was it one of those? Because if it was, I'd have been no, like, no, it, 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 it was met with the deadpan stare of the man himself. Um, so, yeah, can we move on now, please? <laughs> so, Podcast Derby, that actually did go ahead. Um, Middlesbrough went up against Nottingham Forest. Um, who wants to feel this one? Well, considering that technically... Nottingham Forest opened the scoring. I could defer to Matt. Mr. Moore, thoughts? No, no, I'll just let you be a massive dick about it. So, yes, it was one of, I believe, two games that managed to survive the Boxing Day. I was going to say massacre. I was going to say massacre. Oh, let's not. Uh, yeah, sadly, obviously, the whole game was one of the ones lost at a very late hour, which obviously our esteemed colleague was not too happy about. Um, but yeah, Middlesbrough Forest was one of the few games that did go ahead, um, and Middlesbrough managed to come out 2-0 winners. Uh, the reason why I tried to defer the opening gambit to Mr Moore was that, the, uh, as I said, the, the opening goal was an own goal scored by... The shithouse himself, Ryan Yates, in an in an effort that really has to be seen to be believed. Because th- watching it back, they even they even brought this up in the coverage. If you're if you if you're playing a back pass to your goalkeeper, you're always told aim it outside of the posts, so that if he misses it, at least you only give away a corner. He obviously didn't remember this and just slotted it straight in the corner. <laughs> he was absent that day when they were teaching that in uh, in football yeah. 101 so uh, yeah opening goal was an own goal by Ryan Yates uh, and the second goal was scored by Andras Sporar 
the uh, the only person that plays for Middlesbrough. Um, uh, we might come on to that later, but yes, it would appear so. Would appear so. Um, whatever they're paying him, they're not paying him enough, let's put it that way. So, um, myself and Matt clearly decided to go down the route of if you predict more goals, you get to predict more goal scorers, so you cover all your bases. Obviously, a 2-0 doesn't really help with two two lots of two twos, so no points for us. Um, Stu predicted a Nottingham Forest win. Not 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 good for Stu. Uh, Paul, congratulations! You were the only person to get any points out of the scores. You predicted a slim Middlesbrough one nil. Uh, luckily for me and Matt, though clawed it back by both of us putting Spora down to score uh, Stu did not and neither did Paul so uh, for, for those those games the, the scores are looking a little bit like this a 1 for Paul a 0 for Stu me and Matt have got 1 apiece so, uh, so it, it's, it's all tied currently can't see that changing. Another game that actually went ahead, which is an anomaly at the moment, is Blackpool going up against Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough look at Middlesbrough getting the games in. Paul... Yeah, about that Middlesbrough getting the games in. We'll come to that later on. But, um, yeah, so it was, I believe, on... No, it must have been Wednesday. Wednesday, Um, yeah. uh, So it was Wednesday. uh, uh, Middlesbrough managed to open the scoring with an Andras Spora goal. You surprised me. You surprised me. I swore we've heard that name before. Maybe for the last three weeks or so. Um, But, yes... uh, Sadly, the run of clean sheets came to an end as I've lost the guy's name. Lavery. Um, that's the guy. Was it Shane Lavery or? Shane. Yeah. Uh, so Shane Lavery popped up with a with an absolute heartbreaker, ninety second minute equaliser to to break the hearts of Middlesbrough fans all over. Um, and then as the kickoff ensued. Uh, Blackpool contrived to give the ball away, um, to which uh, Isaiah Jones latched onto it and then crossed the ball in for ginger hero Duncan Watmore to stick it in the back of the net in about the 93rd or 94th minute to rapturous scenes in the away end at Bloomfield Road and um, Definitely not a huge COVID outbreak in the first team squad linked to those celebrations, but we won't go into that. That's, that's neither here nor there. So yes, Blackpool one, Middlesbrough two was the final score. So follow along with me as I take you all on a journey through picking apart the scores here. Paul, you had a draw, one-one down, but luckily for you. You brought it back by putting Spora down to get one of the goals. Stu, you had Blackpool winning 1-0. And the goal scorer you put down was not the goal scorer. Nil point. Uh, I'm just going just gonna to skip over this one uh, to talk about mine. Because obviously, I put Middlesbrough down to win. I didn't get the goal scorers though. So, just one point for me. Matt, um, you put um, Blackpool 1, Middlesbrough 2. So, you get you get two points for that. That's bang on the money. Uh, you also put Lavery down to score for Blackpool. And, oh, that's right. What more down to score? 
the middle <laughs> I was possessed for a moment in time. <laughs> Four points for you, sir. Um, obviously, we move swiftly on to talking about Sheffield United versus Hull. No, we don't. No, we don't. That's also there's there's PP all over the place there. Uh, swiftly on to Nottingham Forest Huddersfield. Matt, there was PP all over this one, but not of the postponement type. Just just awful kind of terribleness. Um, it was a, a one nil loss to Huddersfield. Um, <clears throat> I don't know a game dominated. I what this was. It was it was one of those unfortunate things that due to all the postponements, Forrest spent a lot of time on telly over Christmas, which doesn't go down well, but kind of you know ends up getting watched. Um, and I watched I watched this game and Forrest played quite well. They dominated the ball. Um, Huddersfield, and, you know, I'm going to sound like sour grapes, but like didn't weren't particularly impressive. Um, and you know, Forest just couldn't finish. There was loads and loads of chances. Um, not very many of them on target. Some absolute sitters missed, mainly by Brennan Johnson. Uh, but just before half time, uh, I think it was Brennan Johnson let. Holmes carry on his run into the box and he just slotted it in quite a decent finish then because he's an ex-Derby player he was a twat about it and then but then just remembered that oh yeah I've just had a kid so I'm going to dedicate the de- dedicate the goal to my child after I've run away with my fingers in, her e- in my ears because I used to play Derby and was you know, obviously booed by the Forest fans but um, but yeah 1-0 to Huddersfield um, and their manager said they deserved all three points because they apparently dominated in periods. I must have missed that bit. Um, but yeah, yeah, bit d- disappointing, disappointing kind of Christmas time. You have to go in with the whole kind of thing. You know what's uh, you know what's more disappointing? I'm just going to rip that plaster straight off. Uh, nobody got a single point in this game. Uh, Paul, you had a 2-0 Stu, you had a 1-0 Matt had a Desmond And I had a 2-0 Everybody had Nottingham Forest down to win Apart from Matt And uh, Matt didn't get Of his two predicted Huddersfield players Didn't get the one that scored So, zero across the board At this point in time I hope you've all got your abacuses out To follow along with how many points Stu's got Absolutely I, 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 was, I, th- I thought, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to save it till the end. Um, so, a running total, because obviously we went one point for this section of games for Paul, nothing for Stu, four points for Matt, and one for myself. Running total, a two, a nothing, a five. And a two. Let's see if that changes the next section of games. Obviously, Sheffield United and Middlesbrough. Ching, ching, ching. Didn't go ahead. Uh, So that brings us to... Blackpool versus Hull City. Which unfortunately did go ahead. So this is the classic story of me giving Paul loads of shit about Blackpool earlier in the season and it finally coming back to bite me in the ass. Um, However, much like uh, Matt in his uh, description of of the last Forest game, um, it was a disappointing result, not for the fact that they lost, but also they they were ahead on the possession. Um, One sloppy tackle cost them a penalty, which I listened to the game on the radio and they were undecided whether or not it was a, a penalty or not. Watching the replays back, you could see it from one certain angle if you squinted a bit and tilted your head to the side. So it was clearly a penalty. Um, annoyingly, Hull had double the amount of shots on target that Blackpool had. 
However, only one of them counted, and unfortunately, it was for the Tangerines. Um, so yeah, it was a Gary Medine penalty in the thirty-first minute gave Blackpool a very undeserved one-nil win. This is where I realised where everything had gone wrong. Because when I was looking at the scores, I was like, this is the problem right here. Stu put his own team down to win. And that's what's done it. Jinxed himself. Absolutely killed it. This is also another game where nobody got any points because, uh, yeah, everybody put Hull down to win. And uh, of the one person that put a Blackpool scorer down, not the person that scored. So bear in mind, for this section of games, we've had PP, zero points, and oh dear. Nottingham Forest versus Barnsley didn't go ahead, so that's, uh, that's no points there. So... Paul, you finished the week on two points. Stu, you finished the week with nothing. I finished the week on two points. Matt obviously came to play, winning the week by taking everybody else's score, adding them together, and being like, nah, I want more. Five points for you, sir. Congratulations on winning the eight predicted games of which four of them went ahead <laughs> now then Paul uh, what do you want to do do you want to go through uh, any of the news or do you want to get straight on the predicting train um, let's 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 jump ahead and do the uh, the predictions and we'll close out with the news and whatnot as uh, I don't think there's much news. I've got a couple of bits of Middlesbrough-based news. Stu obviously has some news there. Uh, but yeah, we'll do the we'll do the predictions as I believe we slide into cup-based nonsense this weekend. So I struggled to find the games and had to clarify. I was like, "Hang on, I've gone nearly I've gone nearly two weeks into the future and I cannot find any football games." But there's all of this this FA Cup thing and I seem to have found names I recognise is it FA Cup and I was confirmed that it was in fact FA Cup um, looks like some, uh, some, some, some interesting games to go through the first of which is Mansfield versus Middlesbrough, so the, the two the two M's are going up against each other. Uh, Paul, you will pick last, as it is your team. I have um, put all of my scores in, and I'll just garnish those throughout. But, Stu. Okay. Mansfield, um, Middlesbrough. Well, for regular listeners... Um, you'll be pleased to see that Paul is sat down, if indeed you are switched to the YouTube variety, because seeing as it is an FA Cup game, and God knows what team will be played from any of these sides in these games, um, why, not, why not give uh, Tavernier a goal for Middlesbrough in this one, on the basis that, I mean, if he's not going to score against the lower league side, he's never going to score ever again. Uh, and I've gone for Jones as well, in a Middlesbrough 2-0 win. I said he'd never score in the league, so, you know, why not? Okay. Matt? I have gone for a 2-1 Middlesbrough win. Okay. I've got Oates for Mansfield. Mm. And Coburn and Housen. For Middlesbrough. Housen. Nice. Um, I've just gone with a 1-0 win for Middlesbrough. With Sporar to score. 
Uh, Paul. Uh, so, Cup, as like as like last year, they've abolished replays, so this will be a one-and-done tie. So if it's obviously level after 90 minutes, they'll have extra time and then penalties if needed. Um, I think there will be wholesale changes, as to this point, he hasn't really used much of his squad, so there'll be players in there that he hasn't seen play yet. Um, I... We'll go similar to Stu. I'll go for 2 0. And I will go with Coburn and Payero to score. I don't think Tavernier will play. I mean, he, he's very rarely played whenever I've seen him, Paul. So. Wow. Wow. I cannot wait until the game at the Riverside later in the season where he scores that trick as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Hull are going up against Everton. Live on TV, no less. Um, it's, it's at this point I have to apologise for my predictions for the next two games. Uh, as I've had to go against uh, against type, I'm afraid. Um, and I'm going to tell you what this one is right now. I've gone with a Everton 2, Hull 0. <laughs> uh, I've gone Townsend and Rondon. Because I thought it sounded masterful. Um, masterful. Yeah. Matt? I also gone on the, uh, the the pessimistic side of uh, of life on this one. I've gone for 3-1 to Everton. Lewis Potter, you know, snapping one for Hull, you know, just to keep his, you know, his stats up. Um, and then I've also gone for Towsend and Rondon. And uh, it will be... Whoops. Paul? Just checking the squad uh, as again I think you'll see a lot of rotation of players so if he's still there just checking can I have Tossoon to score for Everton he's your one Um, along with <laughs> Gomez and Miko Lenko in a three nil win. Stew. Well, after Paul's now finished naming all of the Aldi version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, I will uh, surprise you all and say that this will be a cup upset. So I've gone for a 1-0 Hull win. Yes! And why not get on that? Get straight back on that bandwagon. Let's have a George Honeyman goal, please. I love it. So, I reckon we can knock out a Nottingham Forest versus Arsenal in three minutes. Let's find out. Nottingham Forest versus Arsenal. Matt, you will go last. Stu, you will go first. Okay. Um, unfortunately for Matt, I have gone Nottingham Forest 1, Arsenal 3. So, I, I suppose inadvertently returning the favour. But I've gone for Cafu for Forest. And for Arsenal, Smith Rowe, El Nenny, and Saka if he plays. Okay. Um, very similar to what I've gone for, because I've gone for a 1 2. Obviously, grab him to score for Forest. I've gone with Pep. Pepe? Pep. 
One of those. And Saka as well. Paul. Nil two, please. Okay. Uh, I'll go with the, uh, the the guy who only seems to score in cup competitions. Nuketia. And... Sambi Lakonga. Okay, Matt. We're going to tell you all how it's really going to go down now. Um, it's going to be 4-1 to Arsenal. <laughs> I won't fire off. Because I think there's going to be a lot of changes in the Forest side as well. Um, with COVID and stuff. So I've got Lyle Taylor getting one for Forest. Because I think he'll get a game. Because Gravenel will be rested. Uh, then Niketia, two, a brace. With all of them uh, cup competitions and Cedric Soares Soares uh, as one and then Tavares for the four lovely stuff that right there is all the games predicted before we get deep into buckets of news we're going to take a small commercial break so we will be right back don't go changing Recording in progress. Absolutely is. There we go. Straight back at it. So, games predicted. Just that FA Cup goodness. So, it's been a little while. Not a million years, but a little while since we all sat down here to talk about the round-shaped ball. So, surely, there must be plenty of news to go through. No? Yeah? No. I mean, for me, it's mainly all the same old, same old, like postponements left, right and centre because of COVID. Um, the only thing I really had was obviously the transfer window is now open until the end of January and Middlesbrough have already made one addition. Um, it was all over the sort of like the papers and the rumours section of Sky Sports for a, for about a week or so before it officially went through but they've signed Aaron Connolly on loan from Brighton until the end of the season um, I was tempted to pick him to score in the cup um, but alas no I, I, I don't know if he'll I don't know if he'll come straight in but we'll, uh, we'll wait and see one thing that one thing that did come up from all the Covid stuff for, uh, for Middlesbrough was that um, before the Sheffield United game Officially got called off and postponed by the uh, by the EFL. There was um, apparently Chris Wilder had come out and been told that um, they would have to put together a squad as best they could, which at the time involved them having to try and recall all of the players that were out on loan. Um, obviously, one of which was is Jed Spence, who's at Forest. Um, Obviously, that never had, that never materialised because of the the fact that the game got postponed. And Wilder's now come out and said that um, the loan was agreed before before he came to the club. So it had been agreed for the for the the duration of the season. So he's not going to go uh, against the terms of the deal and so that. So he said that he's he's happy for him to stay there until the end of the season on loan. So Spence will not be being recalled by Middlesbrough in January. Apparently, it's been the the loan agreement's been renegotiated. Oh, that that's what was the kind of thing. Uh, so it's the terms have been renegotiated, um, which kind of it, I, I don't know like what details are, but then there's rumours kind of around Nottingham that it's either a loan with like negotiations negotiations ongoing about permanent move in January, or it's a loan with a view to making it permanent in the summer. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that obviously went from being in, like in the space of like three hours. It went from oh, Wilder said that he's not going to be recalling any players to oh, he's been told he has to recall players because if you've got players that you can recall to make a match day squad to therefore play the game, 
You know, he effectively said, yeah, I'm going to recall Jed, make him drive all the way up from Nottingham to Middlesbrough, sit on the bench and watch the game. Uh, you know, and, and with, with with the possibility of it of, of, of him being loaned out and then it was like, next thing you know, well, I know the game's off. So that's that's kind of drawn a line under that one. Um, obviously, I'm going to go through Forest have signed. I've immediately forgotten. Um, well, they signed... Keenan Davis from Aston Villa is meant to be like a promising young striker. And then today signed Steve Cook uh, from Bournemouth, the Bournemouth captain, uh, no less, which was a surprise. I think Bournemouth fans aren't happy about it. Obviously, Forest fans are. Um, and it kind of goes against this transfer policy that this kind of money ball CEO that we've got that's meant to be you buy young players to either sell them on uh, at a profit or kind of they get you to where you want to be and he has an algorithm for what he wants for his players and stuff like that. Um, but obviously, yeah, Stein, Steve Cook and obviously the Jed Spence kind of thing kind of rumbles on really. Yeah, he's probably with Forrest till the end of the season but um, could be permanent. But, you know, again, there's a lot of rumours about different players coming into Forrest through through the uh, um, through the transfer window, mainly strikers, uh, because you know we discussed the uh, old you know Bondo with a banjo situation. Any well, sign in? I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything about uh, transfers at Hull. Um, primarily, probably because of what happened on the Voice in Turkey. Confused. So, the long, drawn-out saga that has been the takeover of Hull City, finally, finally saying goodbye to the Alam family, um, was announced live on Turkish television by the prospective new owner, now forgive me for the pronunciation, Ekun Ilikali, possibly, or Ilikali, um, Despite nothing being made official yet, he announced it on live television in Turkey in the build-up to the new year, um, which apparently sent their Instagram account into absolute meltdown with new followers from Turkey. Um, So we're expecting final EFL approval, hopefully, before the Everton game at the weekend. So this time next week, I could be sat here telling you that we do indeed have new owners. Um... Whether they'll be better than the Alams or not, um, yeah, watch this space. We shall see. Um, it may be a case of better the devil you know, uh, but I guess let's not let's not crap all over it before it happens. We'll find out. So that was my my bit of bit of uh, local news this week. Anything else news based? I think the only thing I don't know you guys had seen it like the return of standing or safe standing to football grounds um, obviously over the Christmas that so can't think how many so I think they brought it up last night at Old Trafford there was 500 of the away support in the safe standing section and I think it was a thousand people a thousand supporters Man United supporters um, I think a couple of other grounds as well Chelsea um, also um, had it at their stadiums. I, I think it's kind of gone under the radar, possibly with all the COVID stuff and that type of thing. And I think it's, you know, like obviously the Hillsborough disasters, what, 23, 24 years ago? Now, and, and 1983 years, sorry, 33 years ago, if my math letting me down. There's been no standing in ground since 1994. Um, I don't know whether you guys have ever stood up. Top, I think it's well, this, this is top top flight football packed, like a packed yeah. standing kind of thing. I think I think that's the kind of difference. Like you know, I've stood up at grounds past nineteen ninety four because obviously for lower divisions, it's you're allowed to stand in this in the in the spacings decent enough that everyone's safe. You know, I think, but for me, I'd stood in, I stood in the Holt End um, at Villa Park when it was still standing um, for an FA Cup semi-final. 
and bloody scary would would be the kind of thingy and I stood in the Trent end for Brian Clough's last match last match of the City Ground last match and it was meant to be the last match that the Trent end was going to be there and as a 11 year old 10, 11 year old it it was the most scary experience I've ever had and I know the safe standing is not going to be like the old standing and I think obviously with ticketing the way it is nowadays it will be controlled the amount of people that go into those sections where I just think it's it's kind of snuck under the radar a little bit. And I know like a lot of the Hillsborough families have, have kind of said they're okay with it. But kind of having, like, you know, like I told you guys, that like my uncle was at Hillsborough that day in the forest then. And he, I, he just never talked, he, he never talked about it because he said, it, you know, the only thing he ever said was, it's the worst thing I've ever seen a football match. And that, that's, that's it. And, you know, without speaking to him, you kind of think, like, how do people feel about it? Because whenever we were in crowds, kind of going to the football or coming back from the football, like, my dad would have hold of me, but you could always, like, my uncle's, like, tall guys, like, six foot four, got massive hands, and you just feel the grasp of his hand on my shoulder because he was just constantly worried about me, as a, as a, even as, like, a teenager as well. Just, like, the crowds are too big, the crowds are too kind of thingy. I think it's a, you know, I think for some people it's a welcome return. I think, oh, you know, the atmosphere is not, not the same without standing. I think, yeah, but I, I don't know, you know, what, where does it go from here, really? Hopefully, hopefully it's done safely. You know, I think it's safe standing, but hopefully it continues to be safe and kind of controlled. Yeah, I think I think for me, it, it's because obviously I've I've been to certain away games with, with Borough um, where even though it is seating you're pretty much stood for the entirety of the game anyway just because it's that sort of domino effect of the second someone on the front row stands up in front of you it's just it's just a knock on and it just goes back so you just end up sort of you just end up standing anyway obviously like you said with ticket ticketing control and obviously you, you're assigned a seat Therefore, you have, as like JR has said on his podcast before, you've got that eighteen-inch space, or however big it is, that every sort of seat is filled with. So, in theory, um, as long as the allocation isn't sold out, you should only ever have so many people in that space, um, and it shouldn't be an issue. The problem you've got is that obviously when goals are scored and the sort of the surge forward happens. Obviously, on terracing, there's nothing to sort of stop you from falling forward. Whereas, when there's a seat there, obviously, you're more likely to sort of fall over and, like, get caught up in all the chairs. And, stuff like that. and that's where injuries can sort of happen. And, like, I don't, know if, I don't know if this will pick it up so well, but that's kind of like, it's not just... So, you get a bit of a seat and there's, like, the bar in front of you. So, it kind yeah, of... It's called it's called rail seating. So it, the idea is that you can basically fold the chairs. So I think they sit within the barrier. So right. it almost sort of just becomes like its own sort of stand section barrier type thing. Um, obviously, like we've said, you can still stand at lower league grounds. Obviously, I've gone to polls on many an occasion and that's still... Um, four, two of the three stands are mainly terracing there. Um Granted, Pools' capacity is only about 8,000 people and it never, ever sells out. So that never feels particularly like, busy or, or full or anything like that. Um, I've never, thankfully, I've never had anything like Matt's just described there where you've got a bit of a sort of a sway and a, and a bit of a crush developing and things like that. So I think as long as it's as long as it's policed properly, and as long as they don't over, as long as clubs don't get greedy and think, well, if we're taking out the seating spaces, we can maybe get two people in for every space and seating that's saved. So if they are saying that it's five hundred people, as long as they don't try and sell seven hundred and fifty tickets as like a sort of a, an estimate or something like that, as long as they stick to, we've opened a seat, we've opened a stand, a terrace in section four. 
X amount of people as long as they stick to that and they uh, and they have the stewards checking rigorously the tickets to make sure that people that are going into that section have terracing based tickets then it, it might it, it, I think it'll I think it'll be successful because like I say you get people standing at grounds as it is now anyway so it just needs to be policed and sold properly for me Anything else news-based? The Southampton takeover has just gone through, hasn't it? Breaking news. So um, Southampton have been t- taken over for the same price as Jack Grealish was bought by Manchester City, which, I mean, I'm sure Paul will be enjoying that. Um, we all we all know he, he loves a bit of, loves a bit of Greels. But um, I thought that was a bit of a strange one, that because. Obviously, we've we've spoken at length before about the Newcastle takeover, and that was four hundred and something million. Them guys must be kicking themselves now because Southampton have blatantly got a better youth set up for a start. Um, I would imagine a very similar fan base on in in the realms of uh, you know the the kind of sort of stuck in that catchment area. There's not too many other things around there. Obviously, nobody's going to really go to Portsmouth anymore from uh, from that respect. Uh, shots fired. But um, not only that, but for, 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 what, 350 million-ish less, they've also got a team that are going to be in the Premier League next season. So there's also that. Just, that's such a strange thing that they've, like, I don't know where they get the valuation from. But to me, surely Southampton has got to be worth more as a business prospect than Newcastle. I'm going to sound like I drink the Newcastle Kool-Aid here. I, I think as a global kind of brand, which is annoying, I think probably Newcastle are a bigger brand than Southampton kind of internationally. With Obviously with like former players, nothing that they've done in the past like fifteen years, only like from former players and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't know. I think sometimes what you, what, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of it of like who owns the ground because if if like the local council owns the ground or something like that, then obviously that reduces the value of a club. Yeah, that's um, true. I think the guy that owned. The, that's just sold it was just financially buggered because um, he t- just I think something was reading there like the chats whatever his business was the Chinese government just went yeah we'll add that thank you um, <laughs> and uh, and he's kind of gone oh right um, all the money that I thought I had is now non-existent so uh, I have to kind of sell 80% 80% of the club uh, but yeah to think that a club that's been like stably in the, the the Premiership for at least four years now, is going for a quarter of a, what a club that has yo-yoed essentially and just about scraped in seems bizarre and mm. do, doesn't really have much. Like you said, much of a youth setup doesn't have much in terms of assets, in terms of players. Um, all I can presume is that it's like, well, they've got a big stadium. Um, and we've seen them on the telly more than Southampton, maybe. I don't know. Like that's probably it. And maybe they just really like Sports Direct. They just love a good bargain. <laughs> well, they can't. They can't like it that much if they've taken the bloody signs down at the stadium. <laughs> that's maybe it's maybe the opposite. Then maybe they hate the place. Maybe they were like, God damn it, why can't I just have a cup of tea in a normal sized mug? <laughs> <laughs> Once Lazinger trainers anymore. <laughs> Hey, picking on us. Listen, everyone everyone knows that Dunlop is the premier golf brand in the world, so <laughs> But yeah, that was it for me. Brings us to any other business. No, sadly I wasn't able to find anything funny Aww. this week. Too much uh, too much <clears throat> bad nonsense going around in the world unfortunately I, I thought you would have taken plenty of uh, comedic value from the fact that that Hull lost to um, Blackpool still but you know I'm not, like, I'm not like that Stuart I'm not that way inclined 
fully I'm ready. Even, even I found it funny after the amount of steam I gave you earlier this quite, It's just quite difficult from like you know miles up here on my uh, on my high horse. So. <laughs> wow. Well, there we go. A new year, a new podcast with the same name. Uh, football, football's back in full swing. Uh, obviously, straight into cup games, but hey, you know, it's football at the end of the day. We're back here talking football week in, week out. And uh, I suppose from us here at the Football Podcast to you out there, it's a happy new year and it's enjoy the upcoming football games as long as they don't get postponed. Join us next week when we'll definitely be going through the games we predicted this week and talking more football, whether it's news or whether it's upcoming games. It's goodbye from these guys here and it's goodbye from me and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. So there you go, what do you think to that? Another week of football games gone. Another week of football games to come. And a new year of football to enjoy. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, I will thank you even more if you're one of our lovely subscribers or if you're about to become one. Subscribe, like, share, comment, give it to your neighbour, whichever you want to do. It's all great. That's it for this one. Till next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.